Greetings from St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Our organist today is David Berry. Our soloists are Tom Good and Kathy Berry. And our lectionary reader is Tony Watson. Today is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship God. First scripture is the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses uh, 35 to 45. James and John, the son of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And then he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became angry with James and John. 
So Jesus called to them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. From Psalm 78, verses 1 through 7. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from old, things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach to their children. That the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and rise up to tell their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Tony read to us this morning from Mark's Gospel, the familiar story of James and John jockeying for position in God's kingdom. We, who have been raised with Sunday school and the golden rule, find the brother's request to be rather presumptive, audacious, even downright rude. But we need to be mindful of the culture of the ancient Roman Empire. In the Roman world, you were to take care of your friends and to take advantage of strangers. Success was measured in terms of wealth and power and prestige. Greed and having control over resources was viewed as admirable qualities. The qualities of the prosperous, the industrious, the privileged. Traits such as compassion, generosity, and mercy were traits of fools and simpletons. The Roman Empire was, above all, about power and displays of power. Surrounded by such a culture, we can hardly blame James and John, these sons of Zebedee, for wanting to be certain to get their share. Even though they had been students of Jesus for years, 
they knew his teachings, it was impossible to escape completely the culture in which they lived. This little story makes us realize just how revolutionary, how really crazy Jesus' teachings were. But what Jesus knew and what God wants us to know is that a greedy, take all the goodies, look out for your own interests, first world, is really not a place in which we want to live. A world devoid of trust, a world devoid of compassion, a world of winners and losers where few flourish. God calls us to something better. Listen now for the word of God from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapters 2, verses 1 through 15. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being of full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above all names, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring or arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent as children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you will shine like stars in the world. This is a word of God for the people of God. What you have just listened to is, in fact, among the very oldest of Christian scripture. If you're interested in archaeology, I would encourage you right now to to pull out your Bible and take a look at verses 6 through 11 of chapter 2 of Philippians. See how they're laid out? Kind of like a poem? Scholars believe that these words are the words to a hymn sung by first century Christian church. This little bit of scripture is actually a literary artifact. This really doesn't have all that much to do with today's message, but I'm just too much of a geek not to linger over this ancient treasure. I'd also like to point out that this hymn is evidence that the ancient Christians liked to sing, just like we still 
like to sing. This hymn is a Christological statement from the very early times of the church. Now, Christology is just a fancy term about who Christ was. The very earliest Christians acknowledged that Jesus Christ was God in human form, God incarnate. Very God of very God who humbled himself became a person, a person with stinky feet and maybe occasional indigestion because God wanted us to know how much we are loved. God really, really, really wants to be in relationship with everything he created. And that means us, all of us. The us that have stinky feet and occasional indigestion, the us that have temper tantrums, the us that have fallen on hard times and have no home, the us that get frightened and forget that we are God's beloved. I attended a wedding several years ago. The bride and groom had planned the event for over a year so that they could have it at this most beautiful setting that overlooked the harbor in Halifax. No detail was ignored. It, it was a fancy affair. Now, the best man had a young son, probably no more than three or four years old, and it was this adorable little lad who really did not understand everything that was happening that day. As the service started, the bridegroom and their attendants all took their places, and this little guy let out a howl, escaped from his mother, ran to the front, and threw himself down on the floor. At the beginning of the ceremony, where two people were about to pledge their lives to each other, to promise to look not to their own interest, but to the interest of the other. There, in front of everyone, was this gorgeous lesson on what it meant to put the interests of others before our own. This father paused. He patiently knelt on the floor and held his little boy. He calmly said, sounds like you're having a tough time. The little boy's sobs lessened, and he nodded, rubbing his eyes. Are you scared? The father asked. The little one nodded again, and the father reassured him. Everything's going to be okay. The little boy whimpered. But, but Daddy, I miss you. The father stood up, still holding his little boy. Then stay here. That way you can watch with me. The little boy quietly buried his head into his father's shoulder and stayed with him during the ceremony. I really cannot remember anything else about that ceremony, but I will always remember this incredible illustration of what Paul meant when he wrote, look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. In that moment, the father put aside his own embarrassment of having his toddler misbehave at the very worst time ever, right in the middle of his brother's long-awaited wedding, and honored his son. He stopped. He listened. He was wholly present. He acknowledged his little one's frustration and fear and distress. And just acknowledging the little one's suffering, the tantrum eased, and within literally seconds, it was over, leaving only the echoes of this beautiful life lesson reverberating throughout the congregation. 
I predict that if this couple can just remember that lesson of incredible love, every time they get a little anxious or frustrated with the other, they will have a very, very happy marriage. I want you to know that my parental skills were never that good. Oh, how I wish. <laughs> but it's one thing to put the interest of family before one's own, but the same applies to strangers. Some of you might know the feisty Penny Erickson here in Fredericton. She was the dean of the nursing program at UMB until she retired. Several years ago, she started an outreach center for the homeless in, in our community. Now, she recruited volunteers to help her. She described as one potential volunteer hesitated and uh, then asked the question that was really the elephant in the room. The volunteer inquired, what would I talk to those people about? Penny responded, just talk to them. Ask them about their lives, listen to their stories. People just need to be heard. Penny simply followed the advice of Paul to the Philippians, look not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. Set aside your own discomfort and be open and available. See the dignity of the other person, complete with stinky feet and occasional indigestion. See the person as one of God's beloved. And this idea of honor all people can resonate throughout the church communities as well. The author, Reverend Tom Rayner, tells the story of a congregation that forgot Jesus' words and Paul's writings, that we are to be servants to each other. There was a congregation that had been going through some difficult times, and like many mainline churches, the particular congregation had watched as its membership had dwindled over the years. But in the past year, it seemed to have turned a corner. At the request of some of their younger members, the church had instituted a second service, which featured some more contemporary music. As Reverend Rayner writes, it really was not so much of a contemporary service as it was a blended service, featuring a mixture of traditional hymns and contemporary songs. Now, the traditional service continued at its usual 11 o'clock time slot, and the new service was held at 8.30 with a Bible study in between. As the younger adults started to invite their friends to the first service, they kept hearing the same refrain. We really liked the service, but it would be better for us and our children if the service were later. <laughs> the solution seemed simple. Move the traditional service to 8.30 and the contemporary service to 11. But for that church, the older members simply refused. They forgot how difficult it can be to get little ones out of bed on a weekend morning. They forgot about the demands of life on young families. All they could focus on was their own preferences. They forgot to put the needs and interests of others before their own. The sad result was that the young members felt unheard and they left the church. The membership continued to decline, and the church closed. Tom Rayner describes that this congregation adopted an attitude of me, myself, and I, self-serving, self-giving, self-entitled. They forgot to have Christ's self-sacrificing attitude. 
We live in a culture that tells us to put our own interests first and that, not unlike the ancient Romans, we need to look out for number one. But that is not God's way. We are called to endure the embarrassment of our occasional ill-behaved children and to see situations through the eyes of a frightened toddler, that we are to set aside our own discomfort when we encounter a stranger and to see them too as God's beloved children, no matter how difficult their circumstances. And that we are to listen, really listen to the needs of our sisters and brothers in Christ and be willing to explore options to meet those needs with creativity, energy, and love. As Paul writes, do all things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you will shine like stars in the world. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Holy are you, God of imagination, and blessed is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He put on humanity's garb so that we might be clothed with the garments of grace. He lowered himself to walk the world with us so that we might be lifted from the depths of sin. He suffered the death of a common criminal so we might receive the extraordinary gift of life forever with you. As we remember his willingness to give up glory, as we celebrate his resurrection giving us hope, we tell of that mystery that we call faith. And we join together and pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to that which is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Love all people. Love and serve the Lord. Rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and to be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>